What is going on, you guys? Welcome back to Down to the Wire. I'm your host, Brian Costa, and today I have an outstanding interview in store for you guys. As you know, if you've listened before, I love to talk with athletes from multiple backgrounds, and today I'm diving back into college football. On today's episode, I'm going to be interviewing the Bryant University quarterback for the Bulldogs this season. Uh, Before coming to Smithfield, he was named back of the year by the LA Times and was a two-time California All-State selection over his four-year varsity career. As a rookie this fall, he was named all NEC first team as well as NEC offensive rookie of the year. So without any further ado, hailing from Culver City, California, please welcome to the show, Zevi Eckhouse. Zevi, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be here. I'm looking forward to this. Absolutely, man. I'm glad to have you on today. So, man, I mean, I, I, I just got to say Culver City, California to Smithfield, Rhode Island. How, how the heck did that kind of come about? Um, it was actually pretty interesting. I mean, COVID. Um... You know, it played a big role in a lot of people's recruitment, um, you know, my or my senior year. Um, you know, luckily for me, Coach Parisi, who is actually the defensive coordinator here, um, he found me on Twitter. He reached out to me. OK, um, you know, we spoke for a couple months and, and, you know, he got me in contact with all the other coaches and we spoke over time. Um, I want to say uh, January um, in my senior year, uh, um, I made the commitment, uh, you know, to come to Brian and, and, you know, I signed, uh, later on the next month. Yeah. Um, you know, and from that point on, you know, I've been a bulldog. That's awesome, man. So, uh, kind of, you know, going back on your football career and before you even, you know, came to Brian, did any of that stuff, you know, how did you get into football when you were younger? What really kind of, you know, were there any individuals that got you into it or, you know, what kind of really, you know, gave you this first initial drive into the sport? I'd have to say that's my mom. My yeah. mom was, uh, you know, she's a, she's a sports phenomenon. I mean, she loves all that stuff. You know, she, you know, I, she watched a large percentage of basketball and football. She was a huge Michael Jordan fan growing yeah. up. Um, you know, her and my dad used to watch them together. Um, and yeah, I mean, she loves sports. Uh, she's the reason, you know, that I got into sports. She, uh, she kept me involved and even times where, you know, I, I reconsidered if sports was what I wanted, you know, she, you know, she was, a, uh, you know, persistent to, uh, you know, to make sure that I didn't, uh, you know, back out of something that, you know, that I loved. And, you know, I thank her for that because honestly, um, you know, if it weren't for her, I don't think I'm here today. And, and I love what I do, obviously, yeah. you know? So, um, yeah, I got to give the credit to her. That's awesome to hear, man. So when it came to, when it came to, you know, playing in, I mean, you're playing football in California, it's, you know, you're playing against really good players out there and there's obviously a ton of competition, but for you, when did you, when did it kind of occur to you that you might have a chance to play division one football? Um, I think it's almost like a dream for everyone, you know, Yeah. uh, you know, kind of going into high school, it's almost like a dream. Um, you know, I think that when, when we started performing really well, um, in high school, I, I'd say that's my, my sophomore year when I, yeah. um, I got promoted to starter, mm-hmm. um, you know, we were having a really, you know, successful season and, and around me were a lot of guys who are getting, you know, division one offers. Yeah. Um, and you know, in my head, um, the, you know, what I thought was, you know, if I just keep performing, uh, someone's bound to see me, you know? Um, so, uh, you know, we, we were very successful, um, in my three years starting at, at Culver city. Um, yeah. and I think, you know, that, that brought up a lot of attention. Obviously we had a lot of attention to our players. A lot of guys were getting offers, um, you know, multiple guys at division one level right now. Um, I think, uh, that kind of helped me, you know, just, uh, just a really successful, uh, high school football team. Absolutely. So, you're playing, you're playing around a bunch of division one athletes, a bunch of, you know, guys that would go on to be at that level. Uh, what I kind of want to f- figure out is, you know, you're, you're playing with these guys and I mean, like what, what were some, what were some, what were some individuals that were really able to help you like out there? 
Um, I, I, there were a couple coaches, you mm-hmm. know, my head coach, obviously one of them in high school. He, I mean, he's, he was one of my best friends. Um, people say it's really important, you know, that the coach yeah. and the quarterback should have a, you know, a good relationship. And I, I think my coach and I had a really good relationship. Um, coach, Wright, He was a great guy. Um, I had a buddy of mine who he went to Culver city. He was an alum. Um, uh, his name was Lucas. He mm-hmm. was a really big friend of mine. I mean, he, he was, uh, also my quarterback coach. Okay. Um, he helped me with recruiting and, and all that stuff. Um, and then, you know, of course, all the all the players that I was playing with, you know, they were very talented. And, you know, when when you have guys making plays and, and getting noticed, you know, that attention comes on to you as well, because I'm the one throwing them the ball. And, you know, so um, I'd say my, you know, my teammates and then obviously the, the coaches that I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously, then, you know, before you end up coming here also uh, it for for a lot of the athletes i've had on the show especially college athletes a big portion of what i've talked with them about on this show has be has been essentially how covid has impacted them um, in terms of how they've developed and had in terms of you know with the way people have you know kind of gone about themselves moving forward uh, for you, it kind of more happened during your high school years. I don't know exactly how the COVID restrictions have been during the season. I can only assume that they have been lessened than what they were yeah. at least last fall by yeah. a ton. But for you, you ended up, I, I was listening to an interview that you ended up doing with the LA Times uh, back last spring. And uh, something for you guys, you ended up having to play a spring season. You weren't able to play your fall season due right. to case numbers and not enough knowledge at the time. So you guys ended up playing in the spring for you to Obviously, first, how was that experience of playing in the spring and, you know, not kind of that uncertainty behind your season? Yeah, it was it was a little awkward. I mean, uh, when we when we got the uh, yeah. the um, the news report that we weren't going to have a fall season, I was completely, um, you know, shocked. And and to be honest with you, I didn't think there was going to be a senior season. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, cases, like you said, were, were increasing and there were a lot of numbers and safety was, you know, a concern. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, Culver City is its own city, right side of right outside of Los Angeles, you know, so okay. there's a lot of people that don't want their children, you know, being involved in a sport where you're around a lot of people when, you know, especially COVID was really dangerous at the time. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people were dying. Uh, so definitely some uncertainty um, as far as the spring season goes. I mean, it, it was, you know, it's a little bit of different weather. I mean, California, you don't get too much, you know, it, it pretty much stays the same. I at mean, least- I, I was about to say that I, I was about to say. I don't know how right. you're handling uh, this 30 something degree day today. I was like, my God, I, I was actually walking over there. I was like, I was like, man, California quarterback. I don't know how he's like handling right. today. Now, as I was walking over, I, I was thinking to myself, like, am I going to be able to walk out of my dorm without the coldness of the air? Just, just hurting my skin. I mean, you get used to it. Yeah, you know? no, you eventually do get used to it. Uh, but I, but I was thinking about that today. I was like, I was like, man, he probably doesn't have to deal with right, this when he's right. back home. Yeah, no. I mean, yeah, like I said, the, the weather in the spring, I mean, maybe a little bit of wind. Yeah. You know, it, it wasn't too much. That was really the only difference I could say. But, um, I mean, it was fun. We got five games. We didn't get a full season. Uh, there wasn't playoffs. But, I mean, it, it was something, you know. Yeah. It was something. It's better than nothing. Yeah. So, but with that, though, playing in the spring and then immediately, you know, jumping over to Division One football in the fall – that's an incredible jump to have to make. Uh, what were some of the biggest jumps that, you know, a f- you know, you first go into those practices and, and eventually into games that we'll get to in a bit. Right. What was that like to, you know, what was some of, some of the biggest jumps that you had to kind of make? I think one of the biggest jumps I had to make at first was the speed. Yeah. You know, you, get, you, you go from playing, you know, anywhere from you know, 14, 15, all the way up to like 18 year old kids um, to playing in on a team that consists of 23, 24, even 25 year olds, you know? So um, it's definitely a huge jump as far as speed. 
Um, the next thing that I would say was very, um, you know, very different for me to, uh, or difficult to adjust to was, um, the knowledge. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, there's so much that goes into, you know, this sport, um, as far as game planning and, you know, you have disguises and you have different coverages and variations of different things. And, um, as a quarterback, you know, you kind of have to understand those concepts and be able to work around it. Yeah. Um, so, it, you know, it took me a little bit of time, um, you know, to understand those concepts that I was, you know, being thrown at, um, and to be able to work around it and process it, you know, uh, in enough time to be able to make a play on the field. Yeah. Um, so yeah, speed and, and you know, just different concepts and, and, and disguises. Those were, those are a little bit different difficult to get used to at first. Mm-hmm. Now for, for yourself, when it comes to the way you kind of uh, elevate your game over, over periods of time and are able to, you know, adapt, is that more of something that you are able to have through, you know, pure athleticism and, you know, natural instincts, or is it something that you really have to hone over, over time? Cause there are kind of guys that, you know, are, are really either, or, and, you know, there are plenty of guys. I mean, I think of an NBA example, you can think of, Vince Carter or Derrick Rose, where they just have so much pure athleticism and they're able to make all these insane decisions. And then you think over into football and you think of guys like a Tom Brady, which had to work for a lot of things going forward. In your opinion, which more, which kind of camp are you more in? Um, I'd say I got to work for it a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I, I don't have, you know, the, Lamar Jackson speed and <laughs> and I don't have the uh the the Tom Brady decisiveness you know so okay. um obviously all those things take time I yeah mean, Tom Brady wasn't just Tom Brady in a day um yeah. but yeah I, I I'm you know I'm not this athletic freak um I would on, love to be come on man you had me fooled I, mean, look, <laughs> I, dude, I would love to be dude. listen I listen I mean to to be to be able to play division one football you have to have some athleticism right. dude so listen right. you know, I'm don't discount yourself okay. one bit I mean you definitely have that on your side uh, but what is, what, I guess then what is the biggest thing that you have to, you know, really work on honing in for yourself then? Um, I'd say for me is my mechanics, okay. um, and, and just my, uh, my defensive reading, you know, yeah. I think that, you know, like I said about Tom Brady, what really separates Tom Brady from so many people, Tom Brady, he's not athletic at all. I mean, when he runs for seven yards, the whole entire stadium erupts because it's like, Oh my God, Tom Brady just ran the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, but Tom Brady is just so excellent at seeing a defense, being able to play it out in his head. And if, and if when he snaps the ball, you know, something else happens, he has the answer like that, you know, you're right. like playing chess, not checkers. Absolutely. So, um, that's something that's really important to me. If I can have the ability to look at a defense and, and, you know, have this pre-assumption of what they're going to run, um, and have a decision for that. And then, you know, let's say I run the play and that's exactly what I get and whatever we execute or, if I have the ability to, you know, have a pre-assumption and also be able to know what I can do if it doesn't work. Right. Mm-hmm. So if they come out on something different, I have the answer to that as well. So, I mean, that's, I mean, that's the next level type, you know, once yeah. you, that takes a long time to master, but that's something I like to work on in mechanics, you know, um, being able to throw the ball is, is really a skill that, you know, you have to work and, and, and you really have to master your craft. Um, I mean, the, it's people like, you know, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers who still work on that today. Like they're still finding new ways to Im- improve their throw, um, whether that's short, far, whatever. So mechanics is, are, are very important to me. And I try and, you know, hone on making that, you know, uh, um, should I say like a, a focus of mine, you yeah. know, when I'm training. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously you have to, there are many things that you kind of have to hone in terms of your focus and many different things. Uh, I, 
I guess one of the other things that I kind of have to wonder for you is many athletes over the course of their career have to face many different types of adversity, uh, whether it be injury kind of being on the bench and not in, you know, having to work for a lot of things for you, what would probably, what would you probably say is the biggest obstacle that you've had to overcome throughout your career? Mm, throughout my career. Um, I, I, that's, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, obviously injuries play a factor. Um, I, I, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'd say, uh, just, just myself. I I think I'm, I think I'm my biggest critic. Okay. Um, you know, it, it, it's really hard to, um, to be comfortable with where you're at, you know, because you always want to strive to be better. Um, I, I think that I, I'm a very good, yeah, I'm a very good critic when it comes to myself, but sometimes I can be a little too much. And, um, even, you know, regardless of how, you know, well I do certain at certain times, I'm, I still either don't give myself enough credit, um, or, you know, I just look the other way and, you know, think that I, I did terrible. So I think that that's something that, um, you know, I've been battling a little bit, you know, just trying to overcome, uh, my own personal beliefs and, and, yeah. and how I see it. Um, you know, other than that, I mean, injuries is a part of the game. I don't Absolutely. like to label those as much because, you know, it's just that's just the way it goes. You know, yeah, it, it's unpredictable. You never know when their last snap could happen. And, um, you know, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. So, you know, especially not knowing when your last snap can happen, you also right. don't know when your first opportunity is really going to be presented to you. And right. that kind of came about this season. So you came in as a freshman this year. And are you 18, 19 years old? Yeah. 19 you're 19 okay so you come in you come in you're 19 years old and you're on this college roster and basically you went you were you were named the two i, I believe from the get-go correct mm-hmm. okay so you're the number two guy you go into that uri game and and gage maloney graduate student to transfer over from james madison is the starter mm-hmm. he ends up going down and getting injured when it goes to you to get the call what what was your initial reaction in that in that moment um Get ready. You have you got a group of guys who are depending on you right now and your performance. So whatever nerves you got, whatever obstacles you thought you had, you better throw them out and go on that field and perform. Were you were you kind of like, ah, shoot, here we go. Yes. No, that was my exact. I mean, I, I can still in my head see my my quarterback coach um walking over to me I mean, he's like a big dude this guy's six five yeah exactly yeah. six five i mean um he's walking over to me and, and he's pointing at me and, and i just i can still see him saying you're going in and, <laughs> and, and in my head i was like what okay yeah. all right uh let me warm up hold on yeah it was uh yeah it was a uh, it was a it was a very very um, kind of trial by fire right, it was just like right it was like all right here, here you go to the wolves like Ex- good, good luck exactly um <laughs> just i was not expected um which you know shame on me i should have been you know because... no man dude you're you're a true freshman you're coming into a to a d1 university how there's nothing that you can do to them like well you can physically be prepared and to do everything to emotionally prepare for that there's no there's nothing you can truly do in that moment it's right. it's such a that's such a high leverage situation to yeah. put in right there especially in your first in your first like game that you show yeah. up to there's no there's no preparation for that right. i mean when you when you show up there and that's what you're thrown into it's i i can't imagine what what you, what you had to be going through there I mean, that, that, that that's nuts <laughs> a lot adversity oh my god yeah there's some adversity for you so you get in and obviously then 
you know, I, I believe Gage came in back in towards the end of the game, I thought, but I could be, I could uh, be wrong there. Yeah. Okay. I had some people kind of giving me some okay. reports with yeah. that, but so you end up finishing off the game and Gage is then out for the season, right. uh, has, has that, has that fracture and then can't come back. Uh, and basically you're, you're, you're just named the starter from then on out. How did that, when, when, I don't know if it was coach Merritt or coach Tedeschi, when, like when, when you found out, all right, I'm just the guy now, how did that like feel? Um, never felt like the guy. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, it, I mean, when we, when we talk about football and when, yeah. when I talk about football, it's very, I never look at it as a guy thing because I mean, mm-hmm. there's 11 dudes on the field. Yeah. Right. And, and if let's, you know, let's, let's drop a scenario right here. We're going for a pass play, right? If I don't have my lineman, if I don't have my lineman protecting me and I don't yeah. have my receivers getting running good routes and even my running back running a good route or blocking, mm-hmm. And, you know, when I throw the ball, if my receivers don't come down with the catch, yeah, um, you know, that I don't get credited for that, mm-hmm. you know. So when I get credited for something, I look at it as either, you know, uh, something that happened between me and a receiver mm-hmm. or just overall a whole team, okay. you know, team on or me and alignment or me and a rainbow, whatever. Never feel like the guy because, yeah. you know, it, it really takes two and, and sometimes even more, you know, just for you know, five yards to be accomplished. Um, never felt like the guy, but um, as far as old quarterbacking situation went, um, you know, Gage, he, he was a little unsure about his injury status for a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. some people were telling him he could come back week six. Some people said he was out for the season. So it took a little bit, you know, for him to find out he was actually done for the season. But, yeah. Um, you know, when, uh, you know, when I, when I realized that I was going to play, I should say, and, you know, now it was my time to start. Um, you know, I, I kind of embraced it. You know, I had, I had a, you know, and, and, and I'm very blessed to have a very, very great team or very great group of group of guys around me, you know, Dan, um, Dan out of a boy, he's a, yeah. you know, a senior here. Um, he's a great leader, um, you know, a great teammate, the, 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 the team really, um, you know, they kind of took me on and, yeah. and, and, uh, they, uh, you know, from, from the day one, I mean, from even fall camp, they believed in me. Um, you know, it was very, it was very special for me, uh, to see, you know, all these guys come together and, and not know me for very long. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I came in in August for fall camp. I've yeah. known these guys for, you know, a couple months now Yeah. and back then, I mean, I've only known them for a month and a half or so, but you know, they, they believed in me, they trusted me. Um, and, and, you know, we, we were able to win that game, I think 17, six against sacred heart. That's okay, the first yeah. game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it was awesome. You know, yeah. it was, it was really a, a really surreal experience and moment for me and my family. My mom had come down for the game, It's awesome. um, you know, from California. So, yeah. uh, it was really special. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, I do have two things to ask you, but I guess first to have your family there and to be able to experience you know, I, I don't know how, I don't know if they felt, I don't know if they had any idea that you were going to be in a position to do this at any point during your freshman year, when they found out that you were in the situation, how did they react to that? My mom was ecstatic. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, she, she, this, this stuff means so much to her. Oh yeah. Um, you know, I can and, only imagine. Yeah. I mean, it, it's awesome for her and, and, it, and it broke her heart when I was coming to Smithfield because I was so far away. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, she was obviously happy for me, but you know, it's, she, she it's wants- like you're moving across the country. Exactly. Like, I mean, I, I couldn't get any further. Oh yeah. I, I, was, I was like, I was like, you, almost like, the, I think you could be on like Cape Cod and right. maybe you, that you could be a little bit further, but right. my God, like, like polar opposite end of the country, man. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, uh, but yeah, she was, she was ecstatic about the whole situation and, um, you know, my brothers were happy for me. I mean, it was, it was yeah. really an awesome moment. I mean, we're, you know, as far as, as far as my mom goes, she couldn't, 
she couldn't care if we won or <laughs> lost. You know, her son was playing football. And yeah. that's, that's really all that mattered to her. Yeah. Oh, that, that is awesome, man. And then one of the other things that I want to mention to you as well is I can definitely tell that the team uh, took you in because not only was I able to see that on the field in the games I want to attend this year, but I've also been able to see it when I've talked with many of the, when I've talked with many of the guys on the football team, whether that be Fabrice McKendy or, uh, or Jihad or had Jihad Enman, or even guys on the defensive side of the ball, like, like Darnell Schellingford, right. they've, they've all spoken very highly of you and they all, and they all really, and they, they think for a freshman that you have such an incredible sense of poise and leadership from that early on. I mean, I don't, I don't know. How do you feel about like the fact that they, that they were able to, that they took you in like that, like, and, and have such high regard for you? I mean, I was blessed. I was so thankful. I was so grateful. I yeah. mean, like I said before, these guys didn't even know me a couple months mm-hmm. ago. You know, I'm just some, 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 uh, some dude from California yeah. you know, who's coming out here. And now you, I'm in this position where I'm, you know, calling shots and, and, uh, you know, supposed to lead the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, I, I, I think that they really, um, they really allowed me, uh, they allowed me to accept that role, you know, as a leader. And, you know, as, as the, the year progressed, um, that leadership role, you know, it, it, it kind of, uh, took a more of a platform, I should say, yeah. you know, um, I, I, you know, I try, um, try to be a good guy. Yeah. You know? I think we all do, um, Absolutely. you know, and, and, and be a leader and, and, you know, be the best man that I can be. Um, and, you know, I think that the, the team noticed that, you know, mm-hmm. I think the team noticed that and they, and they respected that and respected who I was. And, you know, when you have a, when you have a, a guy who, you know, is working hard and, and you respect him and he respects you, um, it's a little bit easier to allow, you know, it's a lot to allow him to lead, you know, as opposed to somebody who's, you know, just kind of a jerk and, yeah. oh, I'm this young guy who's in this position. So now <laughs> I'm going to you know, do this and do that. You know, nobody wants to play for that guy. So, yeah. you know, I just try to be the best guy that I can be. And I think that that, um, you know, that really helped them, you know, trust in me, you yeah. know, as a quarterback and, and as a leader. Yeah, absolutely. So I, one of the things I kind of have to wonder about is then moving, moving forward and, you know, all the success that you've had throughout the season. Did you, could you even, could you have even imagined, you know, being able to go out there and, you know, win rookie of the year, win and get first team honors and to do all this was, was any of this even when you were playing, was any of this even, did you even like fathom any of this? Um, I mean, to an extent and, yeah. and, and, and what I mean by that is that, you know, I always, um, I always try to, you know, exceed in, in whatever mm-hmm. I put myself into. Um, and I try to exceed to the best of my ability. Yeah. Um, you know, once, you know, once I got in the starting position for me, it was, all right, now we got to go win a championship. Absolutely. You know? So, um, as far as the, 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 the awards, you know, that wasn't something that I was super focused on to, or, or was thinking about, it mm-hmm. was more so the championships you know, that the team could win. Um, uh, but you know, all this other stuff that has come, you know, you know, with this season has been a blessing. I, I to answer your question, I guess it would be no. I, you know, <laughs> I, I, w- I, I did not expect this. I I expected to win, you know, which is actually our motto here, and, and yeah. win games and, and win championships. But um, I didn't expect all that other stuff. My prime focus was really just you know trying to win a championship, and all this other stuff has been, um, you know, it's 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 been awesome. I'm very grateful for it all. Yeah, I mean, I've been able to see many games of yours where you guys have had, you know, I, I I've seen you know. A, blowout wins i think right. it was in your final home game of the year oh yeah i guess la yeah, yeah that was uh that thing was uh <laughs> yeah i mean the offense was just clicking on all cylinders oh yeah i think we we put up 52 that game and then we broke the bryant record for most points in a game that next week against merrimack 
Really? They scored 58 huh. against Merrimack. I mean, you know, when you score, uh, what was that, 110 points in two in weeks? Two, right, in two weeks, you it's know. Ridiculous, right, man. Right. Oh, that is, that, that's crazy. Does 110 in two weeks? Yeah. Right? Freaking God. Yeah. Ah, oh, wow. I mean, one of the things that I, that's actually crazy, but one of the things that I think that is really kind of good to have at Bryant University that I, we really haven't had it in the past, at least from what I've seen in, and for me personally, when, I, when I tell you, I came from a football school that their program, just not, not <laughs> it, man, just not it. And listen, I, I, I love some of the guys that play on my, right. on my, on my old high school football team, but wow, it yeah. is, it is shocking. If, if, I don't know. I don't know how many divisions they have out in California, but when the, when you're, when you have guys that are playing division seven football right. and it's like, and somehow you're not even good in that, it's like, bro, how do you, how do you even get to this point? Yeah. So when, first of all, when I came to Brian, I was like, I was like, all right, anything's an upgrade. Anything's right. an upgrade. Cause you'd get these guys and I, I'd always talk to them. The quarterbacks never pass because the the coaches were terrified of it. And you know, you'd have guys, and I I would always I would talk to guys on the team. I'd be I would just be like, why did you guys pass? And they they'd be like, well, we've we've kind of that army offense, and we kind of we're, we're supposed uh. to. And they, and they all and they'll basically say like, well, we're all about our blocking assignments, and we try to execute those. But I'm like, but I'm like, your O line sucks. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm like, it, I'm like the army offense can work when the O line is going right. Good. The O line is but if, work. but if you're not executing your blocking assignments, then <laughs> then it's you're basically just running yourself into a brick wall half right. the time. So I, when I came to Brian, I was like, listen, anything is going to be an upgrade here. But what I've noticed with you is like your ability to be able to do both and be you know more on the mobile side and to be able to actually you know to be actually able to be able to you know move the ball downfield it's just been a refresh. It's just been a sense of fresh air and you've been able to do it more than, you know, more of the other guys that I've seen during my tenure here. And to be able to do that is obviously really good. So what I, what I want to ask next is then how has your relationship been with, with those coaches? So you, so you were talking about coach Zadesky and then coach Merritt and all those guys, what has your relationship been with them over the course of this crazy season for you? Um, you know, over time, I think we've been able to build, you know, some really nice, uh, relationships and bonds, yeah. um, you know, coach Merritt, uh, definitely, you know, being able to see him more often, um, you know, over time, you know, I think, I think him and I have a really good relationship, you know, that I think is going to continue to grow, you know, the long run here, um, coach Sadesky, I mean, he's been a great coach for me. Um, I, I, I don't know if I would want any other guy coaching me at that position, yeah. you know, him and I, um, you know, we, we, we talk all the time, um, and you know, even all the other position coaches, I mean, you know, we have our conversations and, and we talk to one another and, and usually it's all, you know, great conversations and, you know, that you can always learn something from these guys. And I think that's, what's really special is, yeah. you know, when, when you're a player at this level and you're around all these guys, I think one of the most important things that you can be is a sponge, you know, yeah. because all these guys have, you know, regardless of football, they've all been somewhere, they've all done something, they've all had, you know, their own life experiences and you can always learn Absolutely. something. You're never, you're never too old to learn something, you know? So, um, it, it's, it's been, uh, it's been really nice, you know, developing those relationships, um, over time. And I think, you know, so, someone who's also, who also has really helped me, um, is Gage himself. I mean, Gage is, okay, yeah. he's very intelligent, you know, and, and, and he's very smart and he's, he's a great lead. He's a great leader himself and, and he's a great quarterback and, you know, throughout the year, um, he's done a great job at helping me the best that he can, you know, giving me information and, and, um, you know, he wanted, he, he wants to see me succeed. Um, yeah. and, and that was, um, 
that was something that he really helped me with this whole season with, um, you know, when it, whenever he could provide, you know, his two cents or whatever he had, he, he made sure to, to tell me. And um, I'm very thankful for that as well. The relationship I have with him. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome that you're able to have a great relationship with him right. uh, and everything involved with that. What I kind of wonder though, is when it comes to, you know, college athletes and especially quarterback, you know, you can only have one quarterback on the field. You can't in basketball, you can have two point guards, one can off the bench, one can start, but in football, you're having, there's only one guy that's going to be on the field. You can have two safeties. You can have two wideouts. You can have two of this, but there's only one quarterback on the right. field. So when you're taking this advice from someone, and obviously I don't think I'm not, I'm not saying he's, he's giving you information to fail. I'm not right. saying, not saying anything like right. that, but how do you have to treat it when, you know, obviously you have, you have a such immense respect for the, for the guy, but at the same time, you're still trying to keep your spot and, and, and keep yourself moving forward. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Um, you know, there's, there's, uh, you know, a, a quarterback room of about four or five guys. And yeah. Like you said, you know, they're all trying to get that one spot. Um, I think something that's really special about this group um, that, that we've been around is, you know, they're, they're, they're very, um, they're very, uh, what's the word I'm really looking for? I mean, it's, it's just more of a, a camaraderie thing, you know, yeah. between us, it's, it's not really a, you know, I hate you because you're starting and, you know, mm-hmm. and this and this and that, let me give you this so that you can fail. Um, everybody's really looking to help out one another. I yeah. mean, I, 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 I mean, me personally, I'm a firm believer in the best guy will play. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what the coaches advocate. And if, you know, if you have the ability to, you know, uh, execute on the football field and, you know, and do, do well in the classroom and you've earned that starting spot, then, then it goes to you, you know? So, um, I think the other guys around have, have done a great job at, you know, understanding that as well. Um, and, and I'm on, I'm on no pedestal, you know, like you said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm competing for a spot as well. Yeah. Um, and we help each other when we can, and when it's time to be competitive, we're competitive, you know, um, it all comes down to, to really, uh, you know, who's going to fight for that position more. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it is very interesting, um, at the college level, I should say, having that many guys, you know, fighting for that position. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but, uh, but, you know, I think we have a great group of guys, you know, around, who are all, um, I guess it's a, it's a, it's a friendlier competition, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Well, it's, I mean, it's good to hear that they're not like picking up wet floor signs or sticking, right, or right, sticking right. their foot out as you're making a run up the sideline. <laughs> right. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm sure I, that occurs. Oh yeah. Mike Tomlin Places. style of just like tripping the, right. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, I mean the fact that they're, I'm glad that there is a good overall sense of camaraderie and, and, and team and kind of, you know, leadership and teamwork right. here. I'm glad that there's that. And, you know, not that kind of, uh, you know, stab in the back kind of mm-hmm. kind of mentality, but, you know, obviously you're in a good spot right now with coach Merritt and the football team and the program moving forward. Obviously next year is a long time away and you know, there's going to be, you know, obviously you're still going to be training going to be doing a lot of stuff moving forward, but there are going to be a bunch of guys next year as well, kind of gunning for your spot. I'm assuming gauge is good. Depending on what happens with gauge, he's possibly going to be either, you know, possibly trying to come back here maybe mm-hmm. he tries to do something else depending on where you start in your status if anything like that is to you know if how do you how do you think next year is probably going to go with with yourself personally what are you trying to you know you know go with next year um i mean i'm just trying to get better mm-hmm. and and then once i you know I, i'm trying to get better because i think that if i can get better then then you know i can um provide to the team you know and 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 overall we'll get better together yeah um you know as far as that competition goes for the, that that spot next year and, and, and gauge i mean 
Uh, if he comes back, then, you know, it's a competition and, mm-hmm. and whoever, you know, is deserving more of that spot will win that spot and will, you know, be, be the, be the guy come uh, September. Um, but until then, uh, you know, until that point, um, as far as myself, I just have to continue to grow as a player, you Absolutely. Know, uh, grow as a person. Um, and, you know, when, when, it, when it comes to the team, you know, I have to continue to grow as a team player and as a team person and, and, um, you know, let the chips kind of fall, you know, as they do, um, you know, try and try and do everything that I can to, to maintain the spot, you know, that I've, that I've been placed in and, um, you know, it, it's really mine to lose. So if, you know, if, if Gage comes in and, um, you know, and whatever, whatever the case may be, whatever happens, happens. I mean, but, you know, obviously I'm going to do my best to, uh, to stay on that field, yeah. um, and, and to help, you know, this team win a championship. Cause that's ultimately the reason I'm here. Yeah. In the event that Gage was to, was to come in and something and possibly usurp you, but by regardless of your performance or our just or coach Merritt has a change of heart and wants to go with him at the position, what what do you want to do then moving forward? Are you going to try to stick things out here, or would you try to possibly look at other look examine your options per se? Um, I think that's something I have to think about. Yeah, uh, I haven't really uh, put too much thought into that. Um, you know, obviously. I mean, uh, listen. I mean go 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 for the gold you got this right you got if you're gonna i mean look at the success right now and you got to try to you know go with that obviously right. you know i'm not i'm not trying to set you up for failure i think that you're in a good position i'm more just speaking of a hypo- hypothetical yeah i mean yeah that, that would that would definitely you know be something that i have to think about and and you know obviously that's very very far away exactly um but yeah i mean it, it'd be something i have to think about talk about you know my family my friends and mm-hmm. and, and kind of see you know what what would be the best route is no doubt but, um you know uh you know we'll, we'll, I, we'll cross that bridge if we have to if we ever get to that absolutely listen man i i think you're in a good position overall i don't think that you frankly from what i saw last year and the performance you, you saw i don't think that bridge should have to be crossed right to be frank with you i mean you went out there and you balled this year you had an incredible season overall uh i what i kind of want to what i kind of want to ask you about uh as well is you know, but when it comes to football and everything, I ask all my, I ask all the athletes that come on this show, this question, and it's that regardless of how far people go with their football careers, whether it be to the heights of the NFL or whether it be after high school or after college or no matter, or an arena league or wherever, where people, wherever people end up, eventually, regardless of it, everyone can't play forever. And, and athletics does come to an end. It, when, when that day does come and you do, and you eventually do have to hang it all up, what I kind of wonder is what is something that you are also passionate about that you would want to pursue? Have you thought about, have you thought about that or, or, or is there, or, and, or if you have, what would it, what would that be? Um, it's, uh, it'd be doing exactly what you're doing right now. Really? I actually have a really, um, yeah, I mean, I, I have a great interest in, I mean, it's similar. I mean, sports broadcasting, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, you know, growing up, I always, you know, you obviously hear the commentators talking and whatnot. And, um, you know, I, I'd like to consider myself a little, you know, pretty knowledge as, as far as it goes in, in football, okay. in the NFL world. Um, and I just think it's really cool to, you know, sit there and be able to commentate a football game and, and talk about, you know, it's a, it's a ton of fun, man. Right. And I I've had the opportunity to do it for really? some, I've had the opportunity to call some softball games some baseball games. Right. Uh, I had to, I did have to call a field hockey game, which let me tell you, man, for someone who does not know the sport of field hockey <laughs> is a living hell. Uh, I don't know I, any of the rules of that. I, man, I was completely lost. Let me tell you, man. How did I, how did I get set up? Uh, so uh, I'm a part of the Bryant Sports Network here, as well as the radio station. Right. And I, 
you know, when I ended up signing up for the organization, I have, you know, I have some amazing people there. Tristan Hobbs, who is one of the, oh, yeah, yeah. is one of the big guys over there. Yeah, Love Tristan. Tristan. Yeah. yeah. Tristan's amazing. And I was, I was in my interview with Tristan and then, uh, one, one, another person who isn't here anymore, Kelsey. And, uh, what happened with them is, you know, I was talking with them and everything was going good. And they ended up saying, Hey, so what for, if you want to do some announcing, what are some sports that you're interested? I was like, obviously baseball, softball could do some football, but it was the spring. So was, we weren't going to be doing that until right. moving forward. And I was like, could do basketball. And they, they ended up saying, all right, perfect. That's awesome. And then what they proceed to say is, Hey, so say someone basically essentially breaks their leg or, you know, is out sick or just can't make it to something. And we need you to, you know, step up and essentially be a field hockey announcer for a day or do something like that. Could you do that? And I was like, I was like, yeah, if someone like, you know, last right. minute situation, right. someone stuck in traffic, like I was like, yeah, sure. If you need me on like a one-off situation to right. be your field hockey announcer for a day, I'll try my best and I'll get it done. Right. And they proceeded to then sign me up for four, <laughs> for four field hockey games. I was like, you have to be kidding me. Luckily I only had, to, I did only end up having to call one because a lot of them ended up getting canceled to COVID exposures okay. and right. rain and all these, all these other things. <laughs> right. But man, when I tell you, I was like, you gotta be joking. And I show up there and I, do, do you know how confusing it is to have to call a sport when you don't know like what, what to call, what to call a goal, what to call a point or a goal or a run. You, you literally just have to say, and they score and yeah. then you go silent and, and someone's running up the sideline. You don't know if you, if you don't know if they're out of bounds, you don't know what is happening, right. man, you can be completely lost. It is <laughs> yeah. like, if, if you had to explain to football to someone who didn't see it and then and basically just say, hey, uh, you want to compensate exactly what's going what on right, I'm now? It, of right it, now? It would just be like, yeah, no, it, it'd be like speaking gibberish. Right. I mean, listen, I tried my best. I think the thing that kind of got me in was I ended up saying on air, I was like, listen, I have no idea what I'm talking about right now, okay. but let, let's just go for it. And I, right. I ended up saying that, which was a ton of fun. But obviously, <laughs> man, uh, if, if you ever want to get into anything announcing wise or even anything at the, here at the radio station, I'd be I'd be 100 percent down to help you out awesome. with something. Yeah. I mean, again, if you if you also ever want to come on this show to talk about some sports stories as well, 100 percent will have you on. And. I mean, I guess with that, then I could also just ask you about some sports stories then going yeah. on in the world right now. So uh, I guess in the college football world, right. rather, there's uh, obviously some some tension going on over in uh, over on with Oklahoma, USC, oh, Brian yeah. Kelly leaving oh, Notre yeah. Dame. Man, what are your thoughts on that whole craziness right now? I, I think that whole just that whole process is insane. I mean, yeah, I, I've been in college football for one season. And, mm -hmm. you know, obviously we have guys here entering the portal. Um, you know, and you just, it, it's, it's crazy because, you know, you, one day it's like, you know, you're talking to this guy and you're playing with him and yeah. next thing you know, <laughs> he's gone. And yeah. then, you know, I'm thinking about, um, and you have Lincoln Riley, like literally leaving middle of the night, right. like Lane Kiffin style. Right. And I, they haven't even played their bowl game yet. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, it, it's insane. You have, and, and then, you know, think about the players. I mean, they build all these relationships with the coaches. I mean, absolutely. think about someone like Caleb Williams, you know, yeah. it's his first year there and he's got this great coach and he has this great setup. And next, you know, he wakes up and his head coach is gone, going to California because he just got signed to a hundred plus million dollar contract. Yeah. Um, I mean, and not only like one of the things that I didn't even realize about that deal was so detrimental. Not only did Lincoln Riley just take himself and his family out there, he also took all of his coordinators, all of them also really? left as well. So they, they just left Oklahoma high and dry. Wow. Yeah. And, and I'm pretty, isn't Oklahoma going into the SEC next year? Uh, and I think in 2025. Okay. okay. Right. Yeah. So, so they have a little bit of time. They have a little bit of time, but right. I mean, still like, like every you just got everything decimated and now all the recruits are going elsewhere right it's, oh my god the amount of 
commits that decommitted. I, I, I know I know one of their star running backs is now already going to USC. Uh, do you know his name? I think I might know. Is it Relique Brown? It might be. I'm, I'll pull up the uh, I'll pull up the thing right now. Okay. Yeah, because I know Relique Brown was a kid. Um, he he goes to Modern Day, which is in California. Yeah. Um, he decommitted from uh OU. I don't know if he recommitted yet. I uh, I don't. Oh no, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't him. It was Malachi Nelson. Okay, the quarterback. Oh, yeah. okay, okay, yeah, uh, yeah. Him. He's awesome. Yeah, I mean, he's. he's... I, I don't know why I said running back. I was just. I heard. I think I saw back, and that's right. why. But no, so he's going. He's going to USC. Yeah. A bunch they, of other guys. He flipped going it. Up there now, and. Uh, it's it's I I've, I mean you're seeing these Oklahoma guys are leaving you know if the fans are leaving banners around the campus saying traitor I mean I, I don't know man like this is crazy with with like all these guys leaving it's yeah. I mean then you have the Brian Kelly thing with right. him him organizing a meeting at, set, 7 set at 7 a.m. Yeah. and did you end up seeing like basically a timeline of how that meeting went I, I watched the video there was a there was a Notre Dame kid who actually videotaped it really um and, and it's four minutes long okay. it's a four minute video um and it's it's essentially just him thanking you know just like being thankful for the opportunity and in thanking the players and the program yeah. um but i mean it's like seven in the morning and you get this four minute speech and then your head coach of like eight years or, or whatever it's it was gone. just leaves he walks like, out the door and that's it out the blue i mean i i looked i looked at a timeline of what of what essentially happened and was players were in the meeting by seven i think by seven 15 brian kelly was in his car already like getting ready to drive off and then players started to leave the facility by about 7 23 yeah. when, was when players left the facility so i think they were just like gathering their thoughts of what the hell just happened right and i mean they ended up finding out through like tmz and the news of like that's how they found out see that's not right yeah that's not that's not right i know i know i think brian kelly came out on twitter and apologized but it, well it's i think just well like... he ended up texting them first and saying hey i'm sorry that you guys had to find out right. this way and because i i mean i it, it had to have gotten leaked to someone, but and mm -hmm. it probably was going to come out like after he had the meeting. But, right. You know, to find out on social media that your coach is like dipping. Yeah. Like, I, I know that for I talked to what um, actually happened with a Bryant coach at one point. I was talking with uh, uh, Tyler Madison. He was a pitcher here uh, last year. He had a great season, actually just got drafted to the uh, Detroit Tigers. Wow. And he was talking about what happened when their head coach at the time, uh, Coach Owens, ended up leaving to become the Rutgers head coach. Mm -hmm. And I think it was right before. Uh, not before COVID. It was uh, they were down and they were kind of all hanging out with each other. It was towards the end of the season and they were all hanging out and they got just a, a Twitter alert and they, they they were like, this can't be real. Right. And then it just and then eventually they ended up getting a group text from their coach and it was like, hey man, I'm going to we're going to Rutgers. Right. And it was crazy. See, I just don't. I, I, I that's not professional. No, that's by, not by no means. And and then it, and then it kind of you kind of ask like what type of guy is he? I mean, what type of coach is he? You know, you 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 try and pride yourself on yeah on being professional and leadership and and all these all these different things, and then you just do something very childish. And I mean, man, as as a D one athlete, how like like could, how do you think like how could you like if you were put in this situation, what would mm -hmm. you what would be going through your mind right now? I, I would I would be lost. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'd be. I mean, it, it'd be like if, a million things going hypothetically. If I you know looked at my phone right now and I saw my coach was gone and there was you know no 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 message, I, I wouldn't know what to think. You, you you're like Co a coach. Merritt is going to is going to Florida. It's like what? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you're, you're it's like a it's like a child being abandoned by his parent. Exactly. And, and there's just no sense of like okay, so now who watches over me or mm -hmm. who who takes on this new role? Um, like you know, it, it, I just I, I don't like that whole that. No. The whole setup and how that is. I don't think that's very uh, professional. It, it did not. It was not handled professionally no. whatsoever. One of the things I'm happy about, though, is uh, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, Notre Dame did end up naming their new head coach, Marcus yes. Freeman. And I think it was originally in an interim role, but I think all the players, they ended up going to the AD and basically just oh, really? were 
they, they ended up saying we want this guy and we I mean, like they basically advocated like for, him, for him and yeah. he got i think he got the full-time hire in when they when he was introduced they were all over him they oh so, you saw the video yeah they, yeah yeah you saw that yeah, as that's well. an awesome so, video. so they were all over him and i'm, I'm glad because i think that you know, you know, they didn't have to go out and get an Urban Meyer. They didn't have to do anything like that. Right. And I think that probably was best for their program because now you don't have to shake anything up. And, you know, they have a ton of respect for that guy, I think. And for Notre Dame, too, that's an incredible position for them for them to be in, because I think that he's, I, I believe, 35 years old. I think that their uh, offensive coordinator or quarterbacks coach is around 29. Wow. So they have They're an really extremely young. young staff, which right. I mean, for years down the line, that's going to be insane if they yeah. can if they can manage to retain all of those guys. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, for the players, that is that is pretty awesome. You know, obviously, it's it's a guy who's familiar. You know, yeah. he's familiar to the system. He's familiar to the school, and I think that's you know that's really cool if you're a player. You know, you you don't have to meet this new guy and build this new relationship. I mean, obviously, his role changes a little bit. You know, he's the head coach. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, I mean, obviously, you respect all the coaches, but he does have you know a, a little bit more of you know power. Yeah. Um. But but you know if you get to pick your coach, you know, essentially, and, and, and if you know him that well, I think that's a really good moment for them. And I think, and that's gotta be great for recruiting as well Yeah, to be able to, oh, yeah. if to be able to, to be able to say to recruits that, Hey, we've known this guy for years. And you know, while, while Brian Kelly did end up kind of leaving us high and dry, we love this guy. He's been our friend for all this time. You're right. going to have a great time with him. I think that's, that's the best, that's kind of the best decision that you kind of made. Yeah. As opposed to a Lincoln Riley situation where now all these guys are leaving because they don't know who the coach is going to be. They don't know what he's going to bring to the table. And I, and I think, I think the thing with them too, is because of that move to the sec, everyone's thinking that they're just going to get killed in yeah. the sec I, yeah. I i mean i don't know a better way to put it they think right. they're just gonna get absolutely smoked over there so yeah. i think a bunch of people are saying like why do i want to take a job where i'm gonna lose you know, i'm gonna lose all the time right and basically my record's gonna be in the toilet right like, why would i want to put myself through that yeah and i mean i i don't want to say i don't blame them but i think the situation that it was handled in is just so bad yeah it is it, and it what's sad is is college football is is I mean, it's, it's becoming the social media, social media platform for entertainment. Oh yeah. You know, it's like the back, back when social media wasn't as big as it was, I don't think these, these coaches were having these breakthrough, you know, um, headlines, you know, yeah. obviously if a coach was leaving, I'm sure he addressed the team and maybe again, the newspaper or, what, or whatever it was at the time, but there's so much hype around social media, you know, and, and, and appealing to the people who's sitting behind their phones that, yeah. You know, people kind of go to different lengths just to just to, um, you know, provide attention for those people behind the phones. And I I don't think that's right. I mean, yeah. you know, it's still a business at the end of the day. You I mean, treat it as such. I mean, and again, at the end of the day, if a guy like a Lincoln Riley or a Brian Kelly wants to go on and do something like this, I, I think that's fine. If you do want to, you know, take a new position I'm right. not saying that you have to be stuck in right. where, wherever you're at. But again, I think that there are ways to do it. And I. I don't know about you. I don't know if this is something that could make sense, but I feel like there should almost be like a tampering period for where you can access these guys instead of just doing it through the middle of your season. Because, you know, if, if, if they're reaching out to Lincoln Riley during the middle of his season with, with Oklahoma and basically saying, Hey, you want to come out here? Basically. I I mean, I don't know about you. I feel like I would just go on autopilot at that point. I mean, if, if my, if I'm like, all right, I'm not going to be here anymore. Why would I continue to recruit for this school? I mean, you kind of essentially just sabotage another program. And while that is kind of what these schools are trying to do, because they're trying to build the best program. Mm. If I I feel like there should almost be some measures in place to make it that way, like like an NFL off season. Like, like if you're caught, like if, like if I, if I was Bill Belichick and I go up to, 
I, I don't know. Let's say I go to Tom Brady right now. And I, I was, I was to say, Hey, Tom, you want to come back to the pads? Like obviously not with Mac Jones now, but, but it, like in a situation where there's a star guy and I, I'm talking to him middle of the season saying, Hey, let's get you here. You, you can face fines right. and, and there's tampering things with that Well, right. And again, while many of the boosters at these colleges could probably pay that off and it wouldn't be an issue. Mm-hmm. I feel like there should just be like, I feel like it's like, you shouldn't be able to contact guys like this during this period of time. Mm-hmm. I, no, I, at least I, in my I, opinion. No, I agree with that. I mean, it, like going back to that Lincoln Riley situation, um, kind of like you said with the whole autopilot. I mean, if you, if you know, you're about to make, you know, an insane amount of money. Oh yeah. Um, and there were a bunch of other, you know, parts of the, included in the deal, but it's just like, all right, we got five more games and then I'm going to California, <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it's like, peace guys. Right. Exactly. Like he already knows and he's yeah. not worried about, you know, it's like, Oh, we win, we lose. Okay. I'm going to California. You know, it, it doesn't really matter for him. I, I exactly. think there should be something implemented um, to, to avoid that because yeah, I mean, the, these coaches, I mean, they have the fate of a lot of kids hands and a lot of kids seasons and a lot, you know, for, for, for a lot of these people, I mean, this is their whole life. Yeah. And, you to, throw, know? and to throw away a year of it. Right. Is, just, it, can be so detrimental because yeah. that can be your one chance. Right. And a lot of these guys are graduating and some guys like you mentioned before, I mean, they're not going to play football after this, this yeah. could be their last year. And you, you have um, your head coach who's supposed to be, you know, the guy who runs everything and exactly and, right. And, and he, his prime focus isn't even you or the team. It's what's next where am I going next? Yeah. How can I make the most money? You know? So I, I think, yeah, that there, there should be some, some type of rule implemented to yeah. avoid that. I, I really think there should. Uh, I, but you, one, one interesting thing that you mentioned was uh, you talked about how uh, you talked about how college football and this whole, and this whole situation has kind of become just like this amplified social media right. kind of issue. Uh, and, you know, but, you know, kind of going on the social media aspect of things where I, I kind of want to take a different path down it. And I also, for, on for your guys's end, I kind of want to look at how I uh, the N the uh, NLI kind of uh, or NIL rather uh, mm-hmm. you know deals that have come across and you guys being able to now make money off your own likeness. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, you're you're looking at these coaches now going on to take these huge contracts and leaving in the middle of their season. And for a lot of players, there was a big discrepancy for many years of saying like saying like, well, if he can do that, why can't I do something similar right. to that? I mean, a lot of people think of Reggie Bush, different situations like right. that, and. Now, 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 now players are able to make money off their own likeness. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things I meant to ask you during kind of the interview portion is uh, how have you, uh, what are your thoughts on this and how have you been able, have, have you been able to uh, utilize this so far? Um, uh, as far as being able to utilize it, I have not, okay. um, you know, unfortunately, um, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, right. I mean, I, I didn't come here, you know, <laughs> to get a deal, but um, Nike just calls. Right. Right. I'll pick up. Oh yeah, no. I mean, I, I hell man, I, you, you better pick up. You, you, I mean, that'd be almost foolish to not. Oh, yeah. Um, but I mean, as, dude, Puma's calling, picking up. I'm picking up. Yeah. Calling, picking up. Yeah. Like, I, it doesn't matter who you're picking up. Yeah. One hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, as far as the whole situation goes, um, I, I don't know. I have a lot of mixed emotions about it. You know, I, yeah. I, 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 yeah. on one hand, it's like you know these kids are, you know, that they're working hard, you know, we're all, we're all aspiring to be something. And, and, and we're, and we're, you know, we're, we're putting on this big name for a lot of schools, you know, like for a lot of schools, uh, players, um, really bringing a lot of income oh, and, yeah. and, you know, for instance, like, um, the, what was it to the 2019 LSU tigers? I mean, yeah. I mean, they were insane, you know, and you have all these Disgusting. guys, right. You have all these guys who could be made, who are, 
bringing income in for the school. Yeah. You know, I think that it would be fair if they received some type of, you know, reward for that, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, off their name, image, likeness, whatever it is. But then I have this other hand where I also think to myself, a lot of these kids are on scholarship, you know, mm-hmm. which for some of these schools is, you know, 60 plus thousand. Yeah. I think that's enough money, you know, right there. It's like, you know, they, it's, it's a pretty good, uh, pretty right, solid deal. Right. You know, so it's I like, it's like, they're, they're like, uh, athletes deserve it. I mean, their college is being paid for, so they are kind of getting something in return, but yeah. at the same time, it, you know, I go back and forth. It, it's a back and forth. It really, right. it, I mean, and that, that's the thing with it. And I, I, like for a long time, I'm with, with name image likeness, I'm totally on board with it. And right. then when it comes to, when it comes to like the, it's like the NCAA policy, we like, we don't pay athletes like they're amateurs. And right. part, part of me is like, whenever I see the NCAA do that stuff, I'm, I'm just like, I'm like, yeah, like there's like, they make a point about it. Like, we like, like, I don't know if like, I don't know if it's, if it should be like, if, uh, if like a check from LSU like comes in the mail to you right. and it's like, this is your check because the, I think if, you're able to utilize name, image, name, image, and likeness to your benefit. I think mm-hmm. that you can make more money than you could ever make as a, than just a simple game check. Yeah. I think that you could, I mean, the, the opportunities are endless, but then I see, and I saw the way the, the uh, NCAA was handling things for a long time. And I was like, and, and while they make, well, they can make a good point about the amateur status and whatnot, the way they always managed to uh, fumble things and just like, you know, make things, you know, so much worse was like terrible. I mean, you'd have athletes, it it would just, it would just be like, Hey, I, Hey, like my parents are sick and I need to go home. And, you know, a coach would say like, Hey, here's, here's like however many bucks for a flight, pay me when you get back. And like with that intention of paying when you get back or, Hey, I, Hey, can I borrow 20 bucks? I'm going out to dinner and you get caught for that. And somehow that's a, somehow that's an infraction of taking money from people. And whenever I'd see that stuff and I, I was like, I was like, all right, you you, you kind of have to have a bit of a sense of, you know, you got to read the room. Mm-hmm. And when the NCAA couldn't do that, like that always kind of turned me off from it. And I was, right. I was just like, I was like, you got to have some more humility and be able right. to understand certain people's situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. I think the NCAA, it, I mean, um, it, it, the NCAA, I'm expecting a lot of changes, me personally, yeah. within the next decade. And um, that's not per se, just for my own interest. That's just because I think that the, the, the path that we're going in, it's going to change. I mean, you got, you got people making money off deals. Yeah. Um, I mean, there was a report Bryce Young had made like a million just on NIL alone. So um, it, it's only going to going to become a matter of time to where NCAA, NCAA is going, going to have to, you know, back off on some of these restrictions um that they've implemented uh how it's going to happen what's going to be yeah that's still I, all up in the, right there's i so have much, no idea there's so much nuance there but but uh college football is becoming a, a modern day nfl it, it's it's a it's a you know kind of a, a reduced version of that and when i say reduced i'm talking about the money yeah, yeah, yeah. um but it is moving in that direction. You know, people are making money, yeah. you know, and, and hundred percent. Right. And if you're, and if you're already talking about millions, like someone like Bryce young, I mean, you can make, you know, a couple million dollars in college football and be like, Hey, my body hurts. I don't want to play this anymore. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to go to the NFL. Exactly. I have a couple million dollars saved up. I have a good education that I just graduated from. I'm going to go do something else yeah. where, where he's, you know, there were players who in the NFL in the past, um, like someone like Reggie Bush and, and Reggie Bush, you know, I'm not saying he didn't want to play in the NFL. Obviously he was fantastic. In the yeah, NFL, was but, kind of... but maybe after four years and, you know, he made a lot of money from SC and he's like, you know what? I want to go in. Cause what he does, um, he does, uh, uh, uh analysis, right. I mean, sports so, yes. analysis, right. Yeah. 
uh, what if he wanted to get into that right away? You know, that mm-hmm. could have been a completely different platform or um, career path that he could have taken. 100%. So um, I think it's going to get a little interesting with, uh, you know, the money that that players are making and, and what they want to do, you know, after these four years of college, you know, how their bodies feel. I mean, it, it, this sport is tough. I, I think without I'm, question. Yeah, I think I saw Arian Foster um, on Joe Rogan podcast. Um, he was saying how he doesn't he, he was very against his son playing football. He, he hated it. I mean, yeah. he, he he played through so many injuries. Um, his his me- his memory of football is yeah success but pain like yeah. every day pain so um it's going to be interesting to see you know what these players do well I, when you said memory of football i thought you were going to go down the other path and sit and talk about like kind of head and head trauma and things yeah. like that i that because well. i don't know if you one, one of the things i remember is uh i think troy i think it was troy aikman he says that he only remembers like a like like a handful of snaps from all the Super Bowls he's won. Really? Like like he remembers like he remembers like one kneel down. I think he said. Really? And like 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 everything else is kind of just like a blur to him. Yeah, I I'm mean like, that's crazy. It when you think about the overall game of football itself, you yeah. got these guys running into each other with helmets. And oh yeah. Pads. When our bodies, the protection it can only do so much, right? And our bodies themselves. I mean, you know, we weren't made to just no. run at each other, you know, as fast as we can. And they used to think that. I mean, right? I mean, I mean, they they they, they literally used to say, "Yeah, lead with your head. Your neck's right. a shock absorber." Right. I'm I'm just like I'm like, are you dumb? Right? Exactly. No, I mean, it, it's stupid. I mean, the 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 game itself. You know, you're putting your body in extreme harm. You oh, know, yeah. like there is just no remorse. It, it's you know. Uh, and I'm speaking as I love this game. Oh myself, yeah, listen, but, I mean, 100. I I love watching. It. Right, I mean, right. But I mean, it's you know, it's it's dangerous for the bodies, and, oh, yeah. and you know, a lot of these guys, um, it, it's really it's really unfortunate. I want to say because a lot of these guys, you know, they 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 go through a lot of mental issues, and mm-hmm. and then um, yeah, and then it leads to you know another topic where it goes into you know the the correlation to football players and crime. You know, because a lot of these guys, you know, they go through um really bad you know head injuries, and and they yeah. they they just cannot function properly you know and, it, and it's uh, it's not their fault you know per yeah. se on that sense i mean either, obviously if, if someone does something you have to you know can up to it in their right, actions right and consequences right yeah. but but a lot of these guys i mean they're dealing with mental issues that they don't even know because you Absolutely. know for for instance something like cte you can't even find out until after a person's dead yeah. and you you know go into the brain i mean i mean obviously not not no excuses for his actions, but right. uh, uh, you think of Aaron Hernandez, oh, and uh, yeah, uh, I don't know if you I don't know if you saw that three part documentary yeah. on him. Did you end up seeing like the the scan of his brain? Yes, where I, I think they said that he had the CTE of someone of like the equivalent of like a 78 year old like, yeah. or a 50 year old i yeah. think they said similar. it was bad it, it was like it was some of the most i think they said it was the most advanced cte they've seen on a person of his age that play football right. it, was like, it was like that is crazy right. but they i mean they, they they also said that there was a there was a chance that that didn't have to do with his you know violent with some of with some of his oh, violence really? and other things like that but i mean just to see that kind of you know decay and things like that that go right. on it's it's crazy right and and i mean take away just take away crime for a second. I mean, the, the, the injuries like that, I mean, you're taking off years of life, yes. you know, you know, you're taking off years of life. I mean, he could have lived, let, let's say, you know, all that stuff didn't happen. He could have, he could have died at 50 or 60 because of how messed up, you know, his body was from that yeah. sport. And you're taking off, you know, if you go through a whole career, at least a decade, you know, of, of your life potentially with these injuries that, um, that, that people are, you know, going under, I mean, you see, you, you watch the NFL today. I mean, People are flying. I mean, and they're going, they still, you know, go head first at times and 
And, um, and obviously the NFL tries its best to restrict it, but I mean, it's a dangerous sport at the end of the day. So, um, yeah, a lot, a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, questions that arise when it comes to player safety and, and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's incredible. Like the, you know, just the ramifications that, that you can see through it. It's, right. it's, it can be very serious and I, I it, it just makes you like just shocked to see how, yeah. how it all goes down. Yeah. Uh, I guess before we do end up going, uh, you know, we were talking about some very serious uh, situations. This situation is serious, but I think we can have a little more uh, fun with it okay. before we ended before we end the day. And I, I actually spoke on this issue before, uh, you know, on, on a show a couple episodes back when the news first broke that Antonio Brown was allegedly using a fake vaccine. Right. card. Apparently, the NFL actually just found some info to actually <laughs> now ban him for three games for actually doing that, right. uh, which man that is yeah. a-, a b strikes again man right. i know <laughs> oh, i know what a guy uh a uh, uh, lesson to be learned pay your employees right and uh and this stuff won't happen to you, you yeah. know, we spoke on reggie bush uh, i was talking with some guys over my work today and, and they, they ended up saying if reggie bush had paid the marketing firm that he was getting money from mm-hmm. they wouldn't have gone to the media and ratted him out right if antonio brown had paid the chef that that you know had wanted money and you know the reason this story got leaked is because antonio brown did not pay his workers and did not pay this this private chef that no longer works with him the, the chef overheard a conversation of him allegedly using a fake vaccine card no way. and went to the media and, and said hey i i overheard that antonio brown's using a fake vaccine card this is how the story came about wow and basically it was a disgruntled employee former employee of, a, yeah. of ab that said all right you, all right you're not gonna pay me i'm gonna i'm gonna get, the, get all this money taken away from you and I forget how much they said it was, but it would have been less money for AB to pay the chef than right. the fines that, that he ended right. up incurring from the NFL. And I'm like, I'm like, listen, again, I, I've said on the show before, regardless of where people's line up on the vaccine issue, regardless of anything like that, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm personally vaccinated. But again, that's not that's not anything that that's not what this show is usually about. But right. the thing that the thing that just gets me with the AB story is the lying with it it's like it's like if it's like all right if you want to just be unvaccinated and do that just say just say hey i'm not vaccinated right. and because the nfl is is not mandating that they're allowing players to be unvaccinated right. and you know you have the situation you had the situation with aaron Rodgers, where apparently he actually never lied to the league he he did end up mentioning to them hey i am unvaccinated right. he tried to seek alternate methods but right. the nfl said all right you're not and he you know, he did get he did face consequences for, you know, for like not, you know, following COVID protections for unvaccinated players and mm-hmm. certain things like that. Mm-hmm. But he never ended up lying to the to the league. He lied right. to the media, which happens all the time. Right. It, it's something that just happens. A.B. lied to the league, which yeah. is that, that that's when you get into more hot water and right. there's some more issues there. Right. I mean, your thoughts, man. Yeah, I was I was just shocked. I didn't know it was I didn't know that was a story though. Yeah, I had no idea crazy. that it was a chef. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean he he went for it. I mean, sheesh. I think <laughs> I think Aaron Rodgers had, you know, like you said, told him and, and I think he told the media he was immunized. Yeah, you know, so obviously there was that whole little, you know, did he actually say he was vaccinated? But I mean, for Antonio Brown to go all out on a limb <laughs> like that, I mean yeah, that's pretty um that's pretty intense. I mean yeah. I, I yeah, I don't know. That I, I don't think I would have done something like that. No. I mean um, I, I, it's a fake credentials. I mean, I saw I saw a much worse situation of it and it was a a, a hockey player his name's Evander Kane. He ended yeah. up he also did a fake vaccine card he plays for the really? uh, San Jose Sharks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, what's worse when you do it in hockey is you're traveling over the border so they're going to be checking right, your right, identification. Right. I'm just like I'm, I'm I'm just like you didn't think that they're going to like check your, right. they didn't think you're going to check that when you go over into Canada, bud, like, what are you doing? 
Well, also a lot of these players, I mean, they just think they're untouchable. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like I'm in I'm in the big leagues. You know, I get all this treatment. Oh, yeah. yeah. Why not? It's going to work. I mean, yeah. Antonio Brown has, uh, you know, credit to him, kept himself <laughs> in the media uh, for the past like two years, yeah. you know, any way possible. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's, you know, that, you know, obviously his whole sexual assault thing or with, you know, holding out of the Raiders or, or throwing a bicycle at a security guard. Right. You know, he just, he, he keeps finding a way or, you know, insulting his former teammates uh, on the Steelers. He finds a way he yeah. gets it done. And it's always some crazy story that just, you know, Obviously, everybody on social media loves to hear, you know, oh, yeah. it's controversy. It's always going to get clicks. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, uh, this one is definitely new. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't know he lied to the league. That he's, he, he's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So he, I mean, he only ended up getting suspended three games for it, which, uh, I mean, and for him, he's actually, he's, he was already scheduled to miss the next two with an injury. Okay. So I, I think, I think Brady ended up saying, Listen, man, don't appeal this. Uh, right. Just take the take, take the three, take right. a, take another week for a break, and then uh, we'll have you back for playoffs. Right. I, I think I think he was like, yeah, listen, man, just like I mean, you're already out, so I mean, why uh why do a longer suspension? Right. Ah, right. oh, man, there's just AB man. It, he ceases to amaze me at this point. I mean, the, the, all the crap he did with the Raiders, and then all the stuff he's going, he's done now. I'm just like, I, I hear the AB stories, and I I used to be shocked, and now I'm just like, I don't know. I I think my brain has just shut off from being right. shocked with any Antonio Brown news at this point in time. Yeah, he um he's he's something else. But <laughs> it, it, he, with all that being said, he's fun to watch on Sundays. Oh, I yeah. mean, he's a great freaking player. Um, hundred percent. Uh, and 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 you know, to be honest with you, he's taken a lot of bad shots too. I know he had that yeah. really bad head injury from against Vontez Perfect, right? Against the Bengals. I I to this day, I mean, listen, I. I hope that isn't the case, but that shot from Vontez Perfect, I, Antonio Brown hasn't been the same since right. that. And, and I mean, have you right. ever seen? Have you ever seen interviews? AB has AB did you know pre and post that hit? Mm. It it's astonishing because you know really? you're, you're talking about him kind of like you know bagging on Steelers teammates doing all this right, stuff. Right, right. And if you kind of you know go if you kind of get in the time machine and go back and look at some of these old interviews he did, he's like really happy to be a Steeler. He's smiling. He's saying, "Man, I love Coach Tomlin. I love playing for Ben Roethlisberger right. and being a, being a Pittsburgh Steeler. Right. I I want to. He's like he's like I want to like basically retire here. I right. love this city. I love everything about this city and very complimentary of his teammates. Everything like that. Right. You never saw him you know making these storylines again and just always came across as very very happy and mm-hmm. very very excited. And then you compare that to the ABUC now, and listen, AB can still be very can still be very happy. Right. I mean, he scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl. I don't know how, I don't know if he can get much happier right, than that, right, right. and when, especially when it comes to winning one too. Yeah. But I don't know. You you are right. After that hit, he just hasn't been like that same guy. Right, and and then it just leads you to think again: how much is this CTE playing a factor? How much you know? How how detrimental is all this stuff? I mean, mm-hmm. he's a he's a great player. He's he's phenomenal to watch um you know he obviously entertains the media and gives a lot of people jobs with the stuff he does but at the end of the day he is a person yes he's a human i don't think a lot of people you know go into that factor and think like that obviously there's nothing that someone can do to help him if he has cte that you know um you know people don't know you know obviously we we don't know until after they die um obviously he could see metal you know signs right but um, but again then you you still can't be sure you, right you don't have the physical proof that you can't do a scan of the exactly figure that out. so it, i mean it's a lot you know he's he's uh he's definitely found a way to entertain the the whole world <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. with crazy stories but uh yeah it, it, it's 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 uh it's a lot to see you see the oh, uh, yeah you see the uh 
the crazy side of him. And, and then you see the, uh, you know, the athletic side of him on the field. I mean, it's, it's, it's two different people, but a hundred percent. The end of the day, it is a person. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, obviously Zevi, it's been a great time talking with you, but I think it is now time to say that we are now down to the wire, which means that we're going to do a little run through of what we spoke on in this episode. And we will send all of you guys into your weekend. Happy. Uh, obviously welcomed. We welcomed in Zevi Eckhouse to the show. Zevi, obviously, man, so glad to have you join us today. It was a blast to talk with you today. Yeah, it was a great time. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm very glad we got to have this conversation to sit down. I actually really enjoy it. I love talking. I love talking with people who obviously educated in the football world, the sports world. Um, love having conversations. It's fun to talk about. 100%, man. And listen, if you ever want to talk just any NFL stories or anything like that, feel free to feel free to reach out to me and I will have you on an episode and, Got you it. know, we'll, we'll kind of, you know, shoot the, you know, water around and it'll be a good old, it'll be a pretty good time. I, I, I have a co-host Tyler who unfortunately just couldn't make it. He's All actually, right. uh, he's actually on the swim team here at Bryant and he's, okay. uh, he's competing over at uh, WPI right okay. now. So he couldn't make it in today. If you were to come in, we'd probably be like the three of us and, you know, ha have a great time. So if right. you're ever interested in that, let me know and yeah. we could, we could set something up. Right. But on today's ep episode, we talked about Zevi, about his, about his, uh, you know, development over the years, going from Culver City, California to Bryant University and how and all the obstacles that he's had to overcome in that time. We talked about him starting fre his freshman year and eventually being promoted to the starter uh, after an injury, after an injury in week one and all the things that he had to go over through this year. Obviously, he had an incredible season. And once we were done with that, we ended up talking about some fun NFL stories and NCAA stories as well. Some more fun than others. Right. We talk about the huge implications involving Lincoln Riley and Brian Kelly leaving their schools, as well as Antonio Brown faking a vaccine card and so many more, uh, so many more interesting stories. But we thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. And listen, before we go, if you guys aren't following down to the wire at this point, what the heck are you guys doing? We're available. We're available. We are available everywhere you guys can find podcasts. We're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube. But the main hub that you can once again reach us through is our Instagram. You can follow that at down dot to the wire again at down dot to the wire for more for more updates. We're also getting more active on TikTok, so make sure to check us out there for many clips from the show or just individual takes from here and there. But we really appreciate every everything you guys mean to us and. We hope that you guys have an amazing weekend. So from down to the wire, I'm Brian Costa. I'm Xavier Eckhouse. And we hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. Take care. Peace out.